Episode 29, and we are chatting to Kyle Gray. I'm just going to put it out there. Kyle is one of my favorite people. Like, awesome, charismatic, really genuine, down to earth, and absolutely hilarious. So, Kyle is a spiritual teacher. Uh, he's had spiritual encounters from an early age and always had the ability to kind of hear, feel, and see what's going on beyond natural senses. And that's led him to discover the power of angels uh, and positive energy in his teens. Uh, Kyle is an international speaker and he's written seven or it might now be eight books including Angel Prayers and Raise Your Vibration. He co-created three oracle card decks uh, and he's always on TV, always in magazines. I think his books have been translated into loads of languages. He's got 60 plus international publishing deals. Kyle is a phenom and he is awesome and you will massively enjoy this podcast. I think there's some tears as well in there, mainly from Holly. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Two little messages. If you fancy joining Home with the Hustlers, that's our online platform where we have loads of classes and some of Holly's sound journey stuff. Just head to thehustlers.com and there is a discount code on there at the moment. And also, if you fancy a discount on a yoga mat to complement your yoga practice, code the hustlers gets you money off life formats honestly unbalanced so kyle puppy you've got thor which is a really bad name i can't say thor with my list but you've got a little puppy called thor how is being a puppy daddy it's it's good so far um i managed to get him to pee and poo in the right place this morning and so i'm like he's living my best life do you have those little you have the little pads we have the pads because he's um he's only he's at what ten and a half weeks. Oh, so. what, what is he? He's kind of a mix of stuff, isn't he? Just a chihuahua, chihuahua, full full pedigree chihuahua. So he's like smaller than my hand. Oh, what moment. cutie! What perfect. Time. What what made you decide to get a puppy? Well, I just bought a new house mm. and um, I've got a whole backyard, and I thought this will be cool. But then I also realised that I'm going to be living in a five bedroom house. In the middle of nowhere on my own. <laughs> on your own. So, you know, I need I mean, a guard dog. I need a guard dog. And a chihuahua <laughs> is a perfect fit for that. It was between a Rottweiler and a chihuahua. And for some reason, the chihuahua felt a bit more stylish. <laughs> but I guess, in fairness, they're actually decent guard dogs because they're yappy, aren't they? And they're quite aggressive to people they don't know. Well, believe it or not, they are the number one watchdog because they can tell the difference between people's foot movements and car engines supposedly so i was like this is really cool uh so i'm excited i'm looking we, thought, we can see in your house at the moment and one thing's always intrigued me about you is i remember when you were decorating it you had like iconography and stuff from various religions and yeah. your dog's called thor and you i could see i could see a big statue of is it virgin mary in the background yeah and then yeah. michael jordan and then i'm sure you got loads of other bits and pieces <laughs> That's an ET skateboard. Was <laughs> it ET as well? Okay. Gotta love ET. So why, why, why all those different things? Uh, what do they mean to you? Having all those different like religions and different spiritual beliefs. You know, I think um, I, I really I've always been interested in religion. Like that's always been my you know number one topic. And when I was younger, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a religious education teacher. Wow. So that was like my initial dream and my initial focus and then um, as I progressed other options became available to me um, but yeah I think 
it doesn't matter, you know, what religious path you're drawn to or not. You know, even some of the most atheist people are the most morally focused, you mm-hmm. know, like, so I'm all about decision and choosing what suits you but i've just always been fascinated by um like religious icons so i've got like a divine mary space there and then at the other side under the stairs there's a like a shiva den and there's lots of different you know indian icons so you wouldn't put yourself into any religious category you just say that you draw upon a lot of different things yeah, I, I honestly, I call myself a new ager. A lot of people don't like that that terminology. They think it's, you know, wishy-washy. But for me, I'm like, no, I'm totally come under new age. Just someone who's interested in lots of different things and ideas. Um, sorry, carry on. No, that's okay. It's, the main focus for me is just love, you know? Like, if, mm. if something directs you back to love, then... I think that is the foundation of what religion, all religion is, but it just gets messed up along the way. What what would you say is the difference between religion and spirituality then? I think the the difference between religion, so here's the truth. I think spirituality is within religion, but religion does not necessarily have to be in spirituality. And the real difference between them is spirituality is just about having a personal relationship with the divine Whereas religion is someone set standards of how you should be experiencing the divine. Mm, that's such and a good so, explanation. You know, I think there's a real difference there, but I think you can find spirituality in religion and you can find religion and spirituality, but it doesn't need to be there. And that's why I'm, I'm drawn to it. Were you brought up religious? Yeah. So I was brought up in the West of Scotland. So I don't know if you know about this, but there's a bit of a segregation between Catholics and Protestants in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so I was brought up in a really Protestant household, like staunch is the word they use to describe it. You know, like my grandparents were very Protestant, conservative voters, you know. Was there lots of just... grey in the household? <laughs> a lot of grey, did you say? Oh, because my name... No, 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 my, no, my... no, 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 no. I just, I just feel that when I hear Protestant, because I was brought up Catholic, and we right. have all the colourful churches. And whenever I think yeah. of like Protestant families, I'm like, it must just be grey and dowdy, like the churches. Is that what you've been told? Yeah, that's what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's um, it's funny you say that because, you know, they divide it by colour as well. So like one supports one football team and one supports the, the other football team. So all Protestants were kind of told never to wear green and stay away from green as a colour and... <laughs> so it's all blue it's all blue you can wear royal blue and it's still it's literally ingrained in my being oh my gosh yeah today but as i've grown older and you know become more aware of these things uh i've i've always tried to kind of undo what has been done you know and like my mum was so protestant her whole life but when i started getting interested in you know spiritualism and mediumship and channeling and all that kind of stuff my mom really embraced it and Mm. over years i've kind of uh helped her become more liberal and more open and you know the number one gay icon that she has become (laughs) (laughs) i love that what a good what a good parent but what a good parent to be actually open to learning from you as much as you learn from her where did where did it start for you 
Yeah, so I don't I don't know how much you know, but I was paralyzed when I was a little boy. I had Guillain-Barre syndrome, oh it's called. Oh my gosh. And it's, a, it's an autoimmune virus that attacks the nervous system. It kind of follows the flu and then, which is really interesting because we're having a big virus this year connected to the flu and the cold. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I had that and I was in a children's hospital for about six months and they thought I had meningitis for a long time. What age were you at this point? I was about three and a half. Okay. And, oh, gosh. Um, so I just basically became kind of like my own little walking, talking little guy. And then I became paralyzed and I was kind of wheelchair bound and uh, went through this really traumatic time. And it was around the same time as me having Guillain-Barre syndrome. My grandmother got lymphoma cancer. Oh. And so... My mum became a carer to both me and my grandmother, both in wheelchairs at the same time in the same household. Wow. And there was like this kind of synergy and uh, mirroring that was happening. But the weirdest part of it is my grandmother's health deteriorated and my health started to improve very naturally. So there was no like medical answer to this kind of uh autoimmune virus but events in my body started is it, to is it normally oh permanent some there's been a few sports people that have had it and had really bad after effects um but it, a lot of most people recover okay which they, some people take years to recover i was lucky to think that it was just about a year cycle that i managed to i was ready for school starting at four and a half so that and was good. At this point, were pre I guess you were too young, but did it make your mom perhaps like more religious? The fact she prayed for you perhaps and you got better? <clears throat> well, it, it wasn't that. It was basically, um, so after I had recovered, my grandmother had got really worse. My grandmother was super Protestant, but she essentially came from a Catholic background. And so there was like this oh. polarization inside of her. So the end of her life, she kind of had... She'd found like comfort in connecting to gods in her own way, I guess, because she had some like, you know, um, Catholic medals and stuff like uh -huh. that in her. So there was there was something going on. So there was there was an undertone, and there was there's more. Um, but basically, the week school was starting. It was a really traumatic week for me because you know you're going to school, you're kind of scared, you're going to this big new place. Um, my parents were like fighting crazily and then my grandmother passed away. So it was like this like traumatic week, but I, I wasn't told my grandmother had passed away. And one night um, a neighbor was looking after me and um, I woke up for the night. I can remember, I can remember all the way back and uh, my grandmother was sitting at the bottom of my bed and she flipped me on my belly and tickled my back and like, kind of gently guided me back to sleep. And um, the next morning I had went looking for her and I could not find her in the house. And my mom was like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't find Nana. And my mom was kind of like, why are you looking for your Nana? And my mom, I said, well, she came home from hospital last oh night. God. And um, my mom was like, no son, your, your Nana went to heaven. And cause I had been a Sunday school kid. So I had learned that, you know, heaven is a place that you will go when you die and you'll never see anyone there until you're there you know it's like this disconnect so i had this questioning from you know four and a half years old of if my nana went to heaven why did i see her and that was like the big question that i went through my kind of younger years with
Oh my god, I got goosebumps all over when you're telling that story. That's that's incredible. Was, did you were you scared when your mum told you that she'd gone to heaven? Was there any fear there at all for you to explore that further? I remember, or? like, I remember breaking my heart. I can remember being taken to this um, like restaurant pub, and we're sitting. You know, I guess they were probably planning the funeral party because I remember someone taking notes or whatever. And um, I remember like just crying. I want my nana. I want my nana. Mm. It was just. Because we had this bond and the days that, um, to make things easier for my mum, if we had to go out to the shops or whatever, she would put my um, me in my Nana's lap and her wheelchair, so would be one wheelchair for two Aww. folks. Mm-hmm. And we would roll out together and she had this um, Royal Stuart tartan blanket and uh, <laughs> she always carried a knife, it was hilarious. <laughs> and a block of cheese that she would like randomly whip out and start oh, slicing I'm glad you said it was for the cheese, not anything else. <laughs> I always say that for fun. <laughs> I quite like that. I'm not, I'm not, with I'm a not, knife. I add that into my rucksack. Just a cheese I board. Mean, a cheese board. <laughs> From Glasgow, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> and then would, would that, so that was the start, I guess, of you believing in things beyond simple like religion and Christian religion. And then right. how did that like, how did that develop for you? Mm. So I literally um, went to Sunday school in the boys brigade from then all the way up until I was 15. So I even became a Sunday school teacher. But what shifted was I'd always been interested in, I don't want to see the dark, but what happens in the dark. And mm. um, it really fascinated me. So I initially became excited by vampires and wow. um, Ghouls and Did you have a goth that. day? Were you a goth at any point? I think I'm still a goth. <laughs> 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 I've got a jumper that says witch on it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, but, so this came on TV, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, yeah. and I'm pointing to this, the picture of it in my house. And um, Buffy came on and there was like this use of crystals and magic. And, and I was like, this is my people. And so, <laughs> I got, I got so interested in like magic and Wicca and energy and eventually what had happened was I'd been collecting crystals since I was like seven just because of geology and then I realized that they had magical properties from watching Buffy and so um, I started like renting books from the library on crystal healing and spiritual energy and then when I was fifth, about, just about to turn 15 a family friend was interested because when my parents would buy like lottery tickets, I would like put a crystal grid around them with like green crystals. And you know, I was like getting into it and she's like, Kyle, what about angels? Have you, have you been interested in angels before? And I was like, well, not really because I used to be a Christian. And like, that was what I used to say to people because um, when I was at Sunday school and being a leader, the the main guide who happened to be one of my family members said to me, uh, Kyle, you know it's God or Buffy, and you really have to choose between them. And I was like, <laughs> what a decision. Buffy it is. <laughs> well, Buffy won. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah, so there was always like uh, this or that. And that I guess that maybe adds up to why I've got everything in my house today. It's kind of like me saying, you know what? No, it's not. Yeah. So I had chosen Buffy and anything that was kind of Christian, I was kind of turned off by it, essentially. And I kind of put angels in the category of Christianity. 
But she said, no, angels are for everyone. Why don't you come upstairs and I'll do your angel cards? And she took me upstairs and she had a little velvet, you know. And this is the family This is the family member or family friend? Family friend, yeah. Okay. And did you know I she did, did this? I guess no. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you fast forward it 17 years now and like most people have got an angel or oracle card okay. deck in their house. Yeah, you know? Ad, Ad, like, Adam's got a few actually. <laughs> it's become a thing. It's like really a thing. Uh, so yeah, she, she let me pick a card and the first card I picked was synchronicity was the word that was on it. And I had no idea what synchronicity meant. So I Googled it, you know, and you know, I learned that it was like a random chain of events that couldn't have been made up, you know, things falling together in a synchronistic way. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then overnight just became interested in angels and really started to read as much as I could on them. And for my 15th birthday, that same person bought me a angel card deck for, for my birthday. And I got another set and, and then I started delving deep into it. I was like, okay. And I'd learned that everyone had an angel and they were non-religious. There were these spiritual beings. I've got more than ideas on them now. And I started meditating right then. I was oh. like, I'm going to build a meditation practice. Um, which I had dabbled with before because I was a member of Amnesty International at school and my teacher there was um, a Buddhist practitioner. So she used to lead like a mindfulness practice in school and I was like 14. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So I had, had dabbled yeah. and then my first kind of angel meditation, I started to see loads of like colors and and where did you learn about I, I can't remember how old you are, but like, was it like dial-up internet stage? Like, you couldn't get a lot of information on the internet at that point, or could you? Yeah, it was AOL. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I actually used it to my advantage. That's really where I built my me. <laughs> because I had, re like, there was a really short period of time between me buying books on angels, getting angel cards, and then practicing doing readings. That's my washing machine, if you can hear it. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, all good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, and I started to, like, practice doing angel readings on chat rooms when I was, like, 15. Okay. Using wow. internet and, like, just started to get really good at it. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. I was not trained. It was probably not the most ethical way of working either. But for some reason, it just felt like a natural thing. Um, but I later learned that my mum's sister, who was a major Christian, when she was younger, was a tea leaf reader. Uh -huh. And then my grandmother, the one that, you know, I had such a bond with, had actually held seances in her house. Really? And her mother had also, was a, what they call a spay wife, which is like a wise woman in Scotland. Mm. A spay wife? A, 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 a what? what? What is that? Well, spay wives, it's like a, like a, uh, superstitious women okay. who can, like, tell you information, kind of like a, a fortune teller. Wow. Okay. So she also used to like get people to come around the back door of her house and she would read their tea and you didn't oh know, And you didn't know any of this until you kind of dug no, a little bit. That's amazing. No, my mum didn't know either. That's oh. the coolest wow. part about it. So it was like my mum's sister was a newborn Christian and she had renounced all that kind of stuff. But uh, word spreads around fast when your son becomes a bit psychic, you know? <laughs> And um, <laughs> my mum had been telling her what was going on. And then my aunt 
probably regretted it, but she then told my mum, well, you know, I used to do that. And she added fuel to the fire. Do you know what? That's yeah. that's so nice that your mum, again, that your mum was so supportive because I think so many parents spend so much time telling their kids, oh, you didn't see that. Like, put that to the back of your mind. That was just your imagination. So if it had gone that way, it would probably be a completely different story for you now. And there's a reason. There's a reason because there's a really cool story. So one night, so my parents, my dad and my mum broke up that same week as my grandmother passing away. Like, everything all happened that week. So it really forced me to kind of leave my body, I guess, when mm. I was four and a half. You know, I just recovered from this virus. My grandmother passed away. Parents are really fighting. It's really bad. And um, so that had all happened. And then um, about a year on, my mum's next door neighbor was having a psychic party. And my mum was a mobile hairdresser. And they called my mum the day off and said, hey, do you want to come to this psychic tonight? There's a spare slot. My mom said, I'm doing here and um, I'll be I'll be there at the end. And they're like, great. But the psychic turns up and she walks into the room that she's going to do the readings. And she said, I'm looking for Diane. And they said, oh, Diane's coming last. She's working right now. And she went, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm not going to read anyone until I speak to <laughs> Oh, Diane. my God. So they're like frantically looking for my mum, you know, <laughs> before the age of mobile phones and stuff. She did have one of those giant Motorola's. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but they, they managed to get my mum and she came rushing over. Um, I think she had to leave someone's permit, believe it or not, oh, and no. run over. And um, she walked in the room and my mum was like, hi, um, I believe you're looking for me. And she went, yes, sit down. Like really, she was a really kind of scary woman. And... Um, I ended up becoming uh, friends with her in later years. But she said, sit down. And she said to my mom, there's a man here called Huey Woods and he wants to speak to you. And my mom had found this guy dying in the middle of the street one night called Huey Woods and she revived him. Oh my God. So unbelievable. <gasps> so she like got like, not just like first name basis, like full name. And, and he wants- That's ridiculous. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, and he wants to thank you for for saving him because what happened was she revived him. He lived a few more years, then he they later died. passed away. Oh my god! Had, my mum had been walking home from work one night, and she found him on the hill home. He was lying just knocked oh. out on the street. So that was the first thing, and then she went. And now there's a woman here called Agnes, and that was my grandmother's name. And and she then started to say, um, she's here to speak about the blue eyed boy. He has he has seen her. That's what she said. The blue-eyed boy has seen her, your oh. your mum, and then she then made this amazing prediction. She said, "By the age of seventeen, he'll be known for for doing what I do." You know, and this is like I heard. I don't know where the tape is, but it's all taped as well. So it's is so, it? Yeah, and she said, "You'll you'll come off of a cruise and you'll be in the the national news," and it did happened. Um, when I was seventeen. My mum and I went on a cruise. I had just started my own business and we came back and uh, the Daily Mail had a page, Kyle Gray, the youngest medium in the UK. <gasps> that is oh, unbelievable. So I've had so many goosebumps this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. See, this is, I'm to some degree a sceptic. Yeah. And so when I see things, uh, when I hear stories. When in, I see things. When I see things. <laughs> when, 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 when I you know, read things, 
I'm like, okay, well, maybe they've just, you know, gone on the internet, Google, but this is well before the time of kind of Googling and stories, et cetera. Mm. And it's early 90s. Yeah, so that's that makes me believe a little bit. But as a side question, how do you deal with... There are people out there who are fraudulent, of course. Like, then there's TV shows 100%. that expose them. And there's a guy that died recently who used to expose psychics or people that said they had powers. What was his name? The great... He was a magician himself. And he used to do, he used to just imitate their tricks and say this is how it's done. But at the same time, that, for instance, can't really be explained. Mm. Yeah. So, how do you deal when people are like, skeptical, skeptical about what you do? Like, how do you deal with that? Uh, and how do you approach that as a side question? I just don't deal with it. Like, it, it just, I'm really happy for people to be skeptical. I think it's super healthy. I think that I'm probably quite a skeptical person as well, you know? <laughs> um, so, I absolutely understand that people are going to question things and I actually encourage it. I think there's a, there's nothing wrong with a healthy skepticism. What bothers me the most is when someone attacks, like if someone comes in with like, you are this or you are that. I'm like, you know, a lot of people have always said to me, you know, I don't believe in what you do. And I always say, what is it I do? (laughs) And most of them can't actually tell me what I actually do for them not to believe in it. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) You know, great tactic <laughs> yeah you know so that that when i was younger when i used to like see people one-to-one i don't i don't anymore but i only do it online for free you know it's just i still enjoy doing that but um when people when i used to see people one-to-one people would always you know like say you're a money grabber or you know all these different things but i had a really high set of standards for myself I always saw people for one hour and I charged like a good rate at the time, but I always gave people the first 15 minutes free. And if they didn't like what I had to say, then they could keep their money and leave. And right. that was the ah, way it worked. that's good, okay. Mm, that's good. That was the way it worked. And, and it worked really well for me. And you know what? I think, you know, nine out of 10 people always stayed, but if someone still wasn't happy at the end of the session, I would always say, keep your money. And that's just the way it, the mm. way it worked for me. And it kept, it kept me in a good place. Mm. Um, and it let me kind of stay close to my heart, but also let me build a sustainable income, you know? And At what point did you think this was actually going to be a career? Like, so when you, you were in that newspaper, what age, like 15 or something? 17. 17. 17. So I, um, I had wanted to, basically what had happened was I was in high school. I was the only person in my whole entire year that applied for A-level religious studies. Oh, really? And so they couldn't run the course. And I was like, well, I'm not really interested in being here then, you know, because that that was like my road. I was thinking, study religion. I always knew I was going to do the angel thing, but I thought the way in would be like university, theology, religious studies, get a degree, and then you can start teaching about it. And um, one day I was in this, I had been reading books by Louise Hay. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she was a, a big mentor for me and, a friend and so I was like in this class and this teacher just kept calling everyone idiots they were all acting up in the back of the class I was down the front it was maths I suck at maths like just this is what it is and I was like she gets kidding you're all idiots you're just a waste of space this class has no future (laughs) and and I was just like I was like miss I hope you don't mind me saying this but this is negatively impacting my energy. Like that's <laughs> love it. <laughs> and I was like, if we could just, and it was probably what I said and how I said it. I was like, if we could just stop bickering. 
<laughs> and get on with the class. <laughs> I bet she you know, loved I, you. <laughs> yeah, she t- basically said, if you don't like what I have to say or what I think of you, you can leave this class right now, but never come back. Mm. So I, I left and I never came back. I was Good 15 choice. years old. Bold. And that was the last day at high school. And um, my, I told my mum I came home and she said, okay, did you get out early? Free period? I was like, no. I'm like, <laughs> I left school. And I went and got a job in a hairdresser sweeping up hair. So I did uh, until I was 17. And that's when you could join the Scottish Enterprise, which was like a young entrepreneurial association to mm. build business skills. And Is that like, then, like the Prince's Trust, that kind of thing? It's like that, exactly. They're actually connected. Okay. I received a government-based funded grant to start my own spiritual business at 17 years old. Oh my gosh, and what wow. did you say that business was? I called it, um, I called myself a spiritual consultant spiritual. at the time. Come- yeah, so people would come and consult me. That was my accountant's idea at the time. He said, call yourself a consultant <laughs> rather, than advi- rather than an advisor. And that's what I always went with, like a, a consultant. So you would come and consult me. And, and, uh, and on a less yeah. practical level, I want to know how mm-hmm. your first experience with angels, how that all, because I know you said you started your meditation. So when was it that yeah. they started coming into your vision or how did it happen for you? Adam's going to love this one. Yeah, this is um, why I asked. So I had been practice. So I'd had the experiences. I had been doing these meditations. I was seeing colors. It was all very new age and fluffy, but it was, um, I was 15 years old. I'd been practicing readings. It was the August of that year. And my mum's best friend, Margaret was having this party at her house, a barbecue. And I said, mum, can I bring my cards with me and I'll practice doing readings for people. And she said, sure, do that. And so I had been, I set up this little stall outside for people to come and get readings. And there was all different people doing it. And um, there was people at this barbecue that I, and I, I'm just saying this for your sake, Adam. I'd never met them. I hadn't Googled them. <laughs> and, um, so basically what happened was there was this gay couple there and they both were really excited about doing a reading, but one was a bit more skeptical than the other. So the first one I did and he thought it was pretty good and then the second guy came and that this is the the session that changed the game uh, i basically was like put your hands on the cards you know close your eyes and just think about anything you'd like help with and that's what i used to say to people and in my head at the same time i'm like angels if you're here i really need you to yeah. show up and come <laughs> through and you know i came from that most haunted generation. I'm like, if you're here, show your presence. And like, you know, like really vowing for them to uh, come. So all of a sudden this weird sensation started to happen as, you know, when you've got a song stuck in your head and you just can't get it out, mm. that happened. But it was the most random song. It was Destiny's Child Survivor. And I can hear it like playing in my head, like really strong. And I was like, can you hear that? Or is it in my head? And the guy was like, hear what? And I was like, I can hear Destiny's Child. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's thinking I'm absolutely mental at this point. I'm a survivor. And all I can hear is, yeah, I'm a survivor. You know, like I can hear this and I'm like, okay. And then I was like, it feels like this is for you. So I like close my eyes and I say this prayer. I'm like, if there is an angel here, thank you for revealing your presence and your message and this is when it's like an ayahuasca trip i open up my eyes and there's like this light moving towards me and i'm not joking it's like 
and right beside the guy there's this like it's like a pillar of light just like really just standing there but then it kind of steps out and it looks like the movie cocoon i use pop culture to help me like a person made a light eyes as black as the midnight sky and it's looking not at me but in me there's like a feeling of being like revealed and naked and so i get goosebumps when i talk about it it and then i hear this really clear message tell this man he is the survivor and so i then say there's an angel standing behind you right now and he's like what you know and he's going no there's not and i'm the only one that can see this and i said and it wants you to know that you're a survivor and then he kind of reacts and goes what do you mean i'm a survivor and then intuition kicks and i just say it feels to me like you've wanted to leave this planet and you're being kept here and i just said it like really matter of fact and he's like i'm being kept here i went yes you're being kept here and he just went i've had enough and he does this to the cards and closes them and bolts basically gets up freaks out and it says to his boyfriend we have to leave this party and then my mom was like what happened there i was like i told him i could see something and he didn't really like what i had to say and she's like don't worry and she's kind of like not realizing the scale of it and then later that night my mom's friend who hosted the barbecue called to say that he'd actually tried to take his own life several times oh my and God. every time he was to you know attempt this something had went wrong um and he was kind of saved and uh he always felt that someone was watching out for him but he wasn't sure who and so that was basically the beginning of it and i became set on experiencing this again you know like having more of these moments so is this is this something you ha- so when you when you do readings oh. uh, is this is this <laughs> that's maybe emotional is it is is that oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh that's maybe really emotional i was just like putting myself in the place of that man oh, my god i can't that must have been a mind-blowing for both of you yeah. You know, I kept in touch with him as well, and then. Um, oh, look, he's going as well now. I'm not the only one, guys. <laughs> really good. Yeah, I was because the date changed my life, you know. But um, I want to just say something. If anyone's listening, like you know, I, I I genuinely don't believe I've got like something special, or this is this is not like something just for me. I, I really believe everyone can do this. I was just in the right space at the right time, mm. doing asking the right questions, and also think that the angels are so intelligent that they used my world and language. So they knew that I was all about Destiny's Child. So they used that. (laughs) (laughs) They're clever. (laughs) They could have used, I will survive, but they used, I'm a survivor, you know, because they knew that was Mm. me. And I think that all of us, whether you want to call it your own infinite intelligence, your, you know, intelligence, the universe, angels, I think it speaks to us in our own language. Mm. And that's, that's what happened. And do you um, do you have that intensity of experience like a lot? It's pretty mad. Yeah, yeah you yeah. do. So that that kind yeah. and that's like oh wow. You said something yeah. I read on an interview. You said something like um the more you're willing to listen, the more they'll speak to you, or something along those lines. Yeah, it's like people always say, "Why can you hear angels and I can't?" And mm. I always say, "Well, how willing are you to listen?" Mm. And you know, mm. like I've spent 
the part of 17 years now daily listening like that's my practice you know like 17 years of just working that muscle of I'm willing to listen I'm willing to listen Mm. and uh how does it how does it come to you in different ways at different times or do you always see it or hear it or just every time I have an experience it's so different like I've had the most spookiest experiences of like doors opening up when you're lying in bed to just like being transported in a dream you know like Mm. every time it's different Mm. um but there's I've always whenever something challenging is happening or something begs about to happen I always have these like moments that come before a transition happens Mm. I recently had COVID I don't know if you know that or not but I had COVID and I was in a really intense space but then the third night and I didn't have a fever which was interesting I didn't have the temperature but I woke up and I just had all this stuff around my bed and I was like am I dreaming or is this actually happening you know because I could just see all I could feel all this darkness surrounding me but I could see like light there mm. holding me like trying to get me out mm. oh wow yeah what was, how, um, how was the COVID you okay now yeah fine now thank god mm. and uh yeah, it was just, I guess, one of those things that happened. And, and I think th- what I'm really, I always try and say is like, a lot of people seem to think that you can spiritual yourself out of all these yeah. challenges and mm. things that happen in the normal world. And I was like, you know what? It's just one of the, just because I speak to angels or have this connection doesn't mean I'm bulletproof. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. And that was the biggest kind of thing that I was faced with because yeah. I was like, I'm going to put this out because I don't want people to find out from anyone else i want them to hear it from me if i'm gonna and if i'm gonna disappear from the internet for a couple of weeks because yeah. i'm very active yeah and um so i'd basically announced that i'd had this and that people are like but you wrote raise your vibration like consciousness <laughs> uh. i'm like no 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 <laughs> you know like human being human experience yeah, that yeah. is really important <laughs> on, on that note how many books have you written now you've written seven seven Yes, seven. I've just finished my eighth. It's just about to come out in April next year. How is that? Do you enjoy the process of writing? You know, I'm actually, I do enjoy it. The last one was super enjoyable um, because it happened when I was in lockdown and, you know, there was just like a a driven purpose and focus. So that was really, really enjoyable. And uh, there was a lot of study for it. So that was exciting. And I hope you do the audio book. It's your voice, isn't it? Yes, I do. It has to be your voice. And do, do you? And uh, probably a silly question, but do you, you ask for guidance, and do you get? Do you feel that you have guidance when you're writing this book? Do you feel like it's yeah, something else coming actually, through you? A lot of things feel dictated mm, to me. Like I feel yeah. like I'm receiving the next step as I go. And uh, what would you say to people that are kind of new to this, but really interested and would like to get into get um, get into all of this? How would you advise people to sort of take the first step on this journey? I'm going to, it's, it's going to sound really cliche, but if you're interested in angels or maybe just intuition or mm. divine guidance, ask for a sign. It's literally the best way in because you can just have this either visceral or physical experience that's going to give you a feeling that something else is there. Mm. And there's a really specific way I encourage people to ask for a sign. It's really simple. It's, I say angels, so you can say, thank you, angels for reminding me of your presence. So you're not begging 
for a sign. You're not like pleading for something. You're being open to having an experience mm. and you're kind of affirming that it's there. Mm. And um, it can show up in a number of ways. But you can also kind of say, you know, angels, I'd love for you to bring me, uh, you know, robin red breast bird. Like that would feel good. And then ask for that sign, you know, say that little prayer and you might, you might get it. And are there, is there like one angel designated to each person on this world or do you get a few or is it, you know, yeah. how does it kind of work as such? So I want to, I want to say this, like when you hear someone talking about angels, instantly all of us are transported to like Catholic church beings with yeah. wings and halos. For me, I don't think they have a physical appearance. I think it's just universal intelligence, like that quantum field of intelligence that bonds everything together, mm. giving itself a personification so that mm. we can bond with it. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. It's just divine energy, universal energy in personalized form or God in drag. That I like. <laughs> <laughs> or Buffy. But I guess it's we, 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 we like labels, don't we? And we like to give things yeah. names. And I think, I guess, angels is just a name that people can kind of understand. And it could yeah. be... It is more than that. And the way you describe it, it is far more than that. And it is different to that. But in the absence yeah. of a better word, <laughs> angels work. Angels is the words, you know, and they're in every spiritual tradition of the world, there's a similar being. They don't have the same title angel, but angels, Malaika, Kami, Deva, Dakini, Bodhisattva, they're all these beings. Do the Vikings have one? <laughs> they just have the gods. <laughs> but they have the, the, the all father like the main god and then the smaller god so essentially it's the same same kind of concept mm. these yeah guiding forces and could could you could an angel be um you know a family member that's passed away <clears throat> for instance your grandma or is it always something separate to that i a lot of people over the years have said no i think our loved ones are like angels because i really believe there's a continuation of the soul you mm. know i, I oh, think yeah. we're far too intelligent and you know loving to not continue or recycle in some way That's nice. um, so i believe our family members stay with us uh, but i think the angels are there too so i like to say they're different mm. but what i have come to understand is any being that has not been or experienced their ego can become an angel so like people that have lost children or children that have never made the journey, I've always said they become angels. Like they've never had an ego. They've never been separate from love. They're just pure love embodied. Oh, so lovely. But, yeah. What's really refreshing with the, the way you speak and the way you are is you're very much yourself. Like when mm. you talk about new age, when people think new age, people think hemp or like old, la <laughs> old like no, but like they think that or like Hippie. old ladies wearing lace. And all that kind of stuff. But, you, man, you, <laughs> but then even as like yoga teachers, let's say, you, you often, people often become the cliche. Like when I first started teaching yoga, man burn, mala beads, all that like immediately. And you, I don't know if you had that, for, I guess you were a little bit gothy at a time, but you've, you've managed to you know, build an amazing career and reputation, really being true to yourself. Like was that a conscious decision or did you have to struggle a little bit with that at first? No, I genuinely think... Um... I struggled like everyone just being different, you know, and sometimes um, it felt like a curse, especially in my teenage years and, you know, being gay and just different and having a different kind of career path. It kind of put me out 
there in a, a way that I didn't really enjoy. And, and I think I've had to kind of fight with myself at times to be my own self. And mm. But over over the last maybe seven years, I think it's, it's all... Because I don't think I was genuinely myself when I first got published either. I think I was trying to be the perfect spiritual yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. And I was also trying to, I guess, impress my publisher, you know, and <sighs> um, make them happy and do the right thing. But over the years, I've kind of like loosened up and I'm kind of, as you know, like I'm late all the time. I like <laughs> just roll up it's just who i am it, it, it kind of comes with the territory <laughs> you, you, you actually you did a really good instagram post about saying oh sorry i'm not perfect because i think people get spirituality mixed up with being perfect and purist and you know only one way yeah. actually spirituality can be a, bit, a little bit messy sometimes yeah that was off of um because um someone saw me on grinder which is the <laughs> website and um first of all like i ha- like we're in pretty much lockdown or you know i can't go out and date anyone but i had this app for five days and um i was like i'm gonna join us so like joined it made a profile put in my bio thick thighs blue eyes <laughs> <laughs> into crossfit yoga and meditation like that was like what my or, and beer and um, <laughs> i made it and someone basically looked me up from the internet from not in my country and then screenshotted my bio and pictures which was like a topless selfie but it was already on my instagram so i was like yeah yeah (laughs) and then we basically posted it all over social media and it started this kind of like frenzy and like you should be ashamed you should repent for your sins (laughs) there was like there was like a kind of undertone of homophobia there oh my god because my mom works for my she's like she worked with my team and she was the first person to get the stuff so like you've got to have that conversation with your mother first of all first of all i'm on this website and i'm a really (laughs) responsible human being (laughs) you know like that and then then you also have someone saying i'm sending this to the daily mail you know like I'm going to expose you. I'm like, there's nothing to, to expose. expose. I'm quite mm. happily like talking about this publicly. Mm. <laughs> oh God, that's you know, so sad. So, Isn't it sad, sad that people want to see people fall? Yeah. People want, I, I, I really struggle with that, that people want to see people yeah. fall for some reason. And like to what ends? Like, clearly you help so many people in so mm. many ways. You bring joy. Uh, you bring comfort to people. Uh, why do they want to take that from the world? Well, they're really unhappy in themselves, aren't they? They this have is, to this be. This is completely uncomparable, but I think someone complained about me in a class of the week. Uh, and I'm like, what's her long game? Like to get me sacked so I can't make any money in lockdown? It's a really hard time. Like, what is her goal? Because clearly my yeah. class is full, so people are liking me. Mm. Like, what, it's just interesting to get into those kind of people's heads. <laughs> it's, not, it's not personal though, I don't think, is it? It's not about you, really. It's about... It's about them. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's it's so weird. I think I think that like success and people doing well mm. and being in their good, you know, mm. can make other people feel uncomfortable. Uh, you know, but I also feel like every time I'm challenged in one of these ways, something big happens after it. It's kind of like that transitional moment. It's like, here's a little blip in the system to clear out, you know the spam so you can level up one more yeah. time that's a really nice way to look at it they say that breakthroughs often happen 
just after something really bad's happened. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, it's weird. I, I, I actually just take these moments in my stride now. Like whenever it happens, I'm like, mm. okay, let's just, I didn't think I was going to be the guy that has to take to the internet every time something goes wrong. And I don't want to be that guy. Mm. I also like to address people that are in my space first before someone gives them a false narrative you know i'm like okay yeah. let's talk about this yeah, you, need, you, you need to own it yeah yeah like i'm like i'll reveal all of this you know no one told me there was going to be like two hundred thousand people following me on the internet you know like i just didn't realize that was going to come mm. and now all. have you left grinder so it's literally as it was the day after i had made it it happened so i thought that's really interesting that someone's genuinely been on the internet looking for me to show up on this app i find that really fascinating mm. i was like wow i'm that cool <laughs> <laughs> so positive but, and, uh, so i was like then then i was like i'm not deleting this because that happened i'm going to keep it for a couple of, and then i was like i really don't want to be in this space this this really this app isn't really working for me uh. <laughs> but i'm glad i'm glad that i did it though because i'm like this allowed me to peel off another layer yeah. and also like you know face any of my own shame you know regarding who i am or whatever and um yeah it feels really important just to to face that kind of stuff mm. amazing let's do some quick fires now can i um, also can <laughs> i can i also have a request at the end do you think you could pull yeah. us an angel card yeah, I should get one. I should get a set. You got your own set. You've got your own set as well, haven't you? Or a few sets. Yeah. As in, not one you own, but as in four. your... Yes, I have one. There's Woo. four. You've got one of kind. Yeah, I have. My, my friend bought uh, bought you for me um, a few years ago, actually. It's a Christmas present. Oh, no way. What oh, are yeah. they? So what, what are, are they really different? Is one like... Can you have like a, is it like a Buffy dedicated there's, there's set? Four, there's four <laughs> themes. Yeah. So there's like a, one set that have done the best. They've sold like... 130,000 units wow. now, I think. Sure. And uh, they're called Angels and Ancestors. Mm. And it's like all different people from all different backgrounds of the world, all the ancestors, and then these guardian spirits. So they're really shamanic, mm. uh, that deck. And then I've got a guardian angel deck that just came out called the Angel Guide Oracle. I've got Angel Prayers, which is like prayers on the cards and all mm. of the archangels. And then what else have I got? Keepers of the Light, which are the Ascended Masters. That's what I've got. Keepers, Keepers of, the, of light. the Light. Should we do this yeah. instead of Quickfire? I feel like this is more in keeping with the podcast. Let me just do it. I don't know. <laughs> I want to do a little Quickfire. All right, you ask the Quickfire. So I want to know, firstly, what is wealth for you? Like, what do you want in the future? Like, what is for you being happy? Um, I guess I just feel, to feel content. To feel content. I think wealth, my wealth is contentedness. Mm. Um. I genuinely do have wealth, like that's the truth, like, you know, in all different forms. And um, I'm grateful for that. Right, I'm, I'm going to do real quick fire now then. Holly can, Holly can ask okay. more serious stuff. Okay. You're asking me big questions, so I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, oh, right. Uh, what is your spiritual practice? Spir uh, Kundalini yoga and forest yoga. <laughs> favorite, favorite quote? Favorite quote? Um, it can't rain all the time. Okay. Favorite sweet treat? Ooh. Oh, um, the Marvelous Creations Cadbury Bar. Oh, we haven't had that. had that one oh, yet. Let's try that let's go to the supermarket. It's got and pop in it. It's mm. so cool. Ooh. What is sacred for you? Uh, my body. Mm. Best um, best recent purchase under 100. And I'm imagining your dog wasn't under 100, so that doesn't count. Under 100? <laughs> 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 thousands everywhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to say my coffee machine, but it wasn't under a hundred, so <laughs> I don't know. Let's go. What's it, what co- is it? Is it? Because we need a coffee machine. We actually. do. What one is, is it? it? Is it bean to cup? The sage, the sage one, you know, by Heston Blue. Oh, okay. Right. I know the brand. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, it's Kyle, amazing. Kyle's had way more quick fires than anyone else. Yeah, but I'm getting, so I'm getting into kind of quick fire, right? Okay, right. Okay, final one. Book. What what book would you recommend? It isn't by you. <laughs> yeah, my favorite book of all time is by Louise Hay. It's called You Can Heal Your Life. Oh, it's so beautiful. And then any book that isn't in the sector of wellness. Oh, um, Shoe Dog. The, the book about Nike, have you read that? Shoe Dog, no, oh my God. Shoe Dog. Uh-huh. Oh, because you're, in, you're into that trainers, aren't you? Yeah, the guy who created Nike wrote the book Shoe Dog, Shoe and it's Dog. literally, it's like a Zen manual, but it's about Jeez. Nike. Favourite episode of Buffy? Oh, um, I get Welcome to the Hellmouth, like the first the first one. Welcome. Yeah. Did you have a crush on, oh, is it Angel? Buffy's no spike. No, no. <laughs> you would have yeah, okay. You would have What was the guy? I mean, she was she was called Angel, who was like the vampire yeah. that was also a vampire killer. Uh huh. That was that was called Angel, wasn't it? Yeah, David Bournemouth. Oh, he was called Angel. Okay, I really liked Angel. Stop I wanted I wanted to be Angel when I was younger. Can we stop putting off the Angel I card to reading be spike. now. <laughs> I love so much. You're so cool. Right, I'll pass on to Holly now. Please, can you read us an Angel? I need card? to get cards. Yeah. Yeah, let's do Go for it. Get your, do, get your do dog like at the same little time. tune. Du, du, du. Oh, yeah, a whole tune. What should yeah. it be? I'm a survivor. I'm on a never. I'm on a star. Then I work harder. I wish I knew the words, but I don't. Kyle is back. I'm working on a new deck. This is the, the new Ooh, Oh, they're pretty. Ooh, so pretty. Very cool. Um, okay. So we'll do one of each. We'll do one from the ancestors, one from the angel guide. Thank you. And we'll do one for our strength, like the strength that we all have. And the second one, we'll do um, a message from our heart. Let's do that. Yay. So our strength and a message from our heart. Okay. So our strength is the Shaolin master. And this is cool because... It's all about graceful movement and poise and doing things gently, taking your time. If you think about Shaolin monks, they always have this grace as they move. So this is all about in our in ourselves, we have this strength of being able to do things gently, to take our time, to move with grace, not to force, not to command, but to, to move in a way that makes us feel that we are being restored. And so whoever's listening right now, Within you, you have this incredible ability to be resilient, to hold it together, to think before you take the next step. And it's important that you call this strength out. Mm. And then the heart is forgiveness and understanding. You know, forgiveness is not the easiest conversation. It's not the easiest topic. It's not the easiest thing to feel. But forgiveness is ultimately a gift to yourself because it's the moment someone else's bad behavior or bad decisions no longer affect your happiness. So the heart is encouraging you to forgive, to choose your own joy, not to allow someone else's to hold it back. That's so lovely. What a lovely way to end. 
<laughs> thank you, Kyle. Kyle, it's been thank an absolute so pleasure. I love spending time with you. I miss you. I think I saw mm. you quite a few years ago. I saw you a few. I could, we kind of crossed paths quite we went a lot. To Oaxaca. Do you remember we went from Mexico? Oh yeah. Oh, good choice. I think I was just dating Holly then. And oh really? I, and I think I actually put you on like FaceTime briefly. Oh yes, I, I remember think, this. Yeah. Oh, right, I, I think, do remember. I think Holly meant. I was like, I said to Holly, I was with with a group, including you. And I was like, what, Kyle? I was like, yeah, yeah do you know him? I love Kyle Gray. I, said, I love him. And I was like, here he is. And you said hello to her, I think. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, uh, I remember and that. And, and then we got, so all that, that's why we got married. It was all down to that. She thought I was cool. Oh, yeah. It's just for you, really. <laughs> just the connection. Well, it's so cool. Holly's been playing the I... long game to this moment. <laughs> I also love that Holly plays singing balls. I was super excited to see that happen. I know, and I because I, like, I saw that you have some yourself. Um, yeah, they're, they're you do stunning. training with Sing Universe London. Yes, yeah, I did. So did I. That's, that's oh, did, I did you? Yeah. He's he's incredible. Yeah. He's another being himself, isn't he? And Tara, Let, my let's God. continue this conversation yes. afterwards. Another conversation. But for now, what should what should people know about you? Instagram, website, etc. Oh yeah, just Instagram, Kyle Gray UK. And anything Jesus. coming up soon over lockdown, like any events online or anything? I've got a free crystal training starting on the 11th of November. That's about it. <laughs> you should do that. I'll be there. I, what, what is the giant crystal you're holding on the website? Is it citrine? Oh, it's a citrine and I'll tell you the truth. Look at that. I know my crystals. Huh? Oh, well get, done, get one. Like every time I buy a, a citrine, I like make a really big income it's really interesting that's so weird because adam bought me a citrine necklace my birthday a few days ago no i kid and, you not and, so and cool. the citrine yeah. stone separately. and a citrine yeah and a citrine stone how weird yeah it's like literally a secret weapon that's why i bought a 15 kilo citrine <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and now you're poor <laughs> generator <laughs> thank you so much kyle thanks for your time thank you so much Honestly, I'm balanced.